Hi, uh, my name is T, and this is the Somnophobia Podcast, a podcast where I will be sharing scary stories and things that will hopefully keep you up at night. So, uh, I have been interested in the paranormal since I was probably around 12 years old. It actually happened around the same time that I started to be interested in true crime. Um, So those things kind of go hand in hand. (coughs) Excuse me. And yeah, you'll have to forgive me. Um, I actually have strep throat while I'm recording this. So if I cough or I sound gravelly, that's why. Um, Yeah, so first I'm going to share a story. That has to do with the topic that I'm going to be discussing today. This happened about 10 years ago when my family and I were on a trip to Hawaii. And it was the last night and we were on our way back to the airport and my mom really, really wanted to go stargazing. So eventually my father stopped and pulled into the... um, road that led to the national park that we had visited a few days before and so we cut the engine and got out of the car and it was pretty dark except for the light from a camper van that was uh, a couple of meters away from us but all of its curtains were drawn so it really wasn't providing that much light so my mom and my dad and my sister were on one side of the van and I was on the other side of the van closest to the fence and When I got out of the car, I ended up almost twisting my ankle because the shoulder of the road, like the asphalt, was really steep. So that'll come into play a little bit later. So I'm stargazing and I'm looking up and I'm not really paying attention to what's going on around me until I feel just the feeling that somebody is in front of me. Now, I don't know if you've ever experienced that before. I'm sure most people have where somebody suddenly comes into a room or you're walking and somebody else starts walking behind you. And so I looked up and I can't remember if I turned around, to be honest, it was so long ago, but I remember seeing a shadow that I just assumed was my dad because it was about the same height and the same sort of um, body type. And so I said, careful, you don't sprain your ankle because of the asphalt and there was no reply which to be honest didn't really scare me or bother me because my dad's not really a big talker so I just brushed it off and so then I just went back to stargazing before I noticed uh, movement out of the corner of my eye and I looked towards the fence and no word of a lie I saw black moving on black as if someone was walking behind the fence And I really thought it was my sister. Like my first thought was like, oh, that's my sister. Because that's totally something that she would do. She would hop a fence and go wandering off and explore on her own. Then I realized that it's pitch black. This person doesn't have a flashlight. My sister would have had no idea where the fence was. And let alone like how to jump over it, because I'm pretty sure it was barbed wire. So she might have known where the fence was, but she wouldn't have been able to jump over it. And then I heard my sister on the other side of the van. 
And so to make a long story short, I was seriously creeped out. And when we all got back into the van, I actually considered for a while even bringing it up because I just wasn't sure what um, my sister would think, if she would think I was crazy or what. So I just eventually asked her, like, where were you, mom and dad, while we were stargazing? And she said, oh, we were on, you know, the left side of the van. And so then that's when I told her what I had experienced. And needless to say, we were both seriously creeped out. So yeah, I told a ghost or a shadow person not to sprain their ankle. So <laughs> yeah, that's leading into what I'm going to be talking about today. <clears throat> Excuse me, and that is shadow people. So according to Wikipedia, a shadow person or shadow figure, shadow being, black mass, is the perception of a patch of shadow as a living humanoid figure. Now to those who believe in the paranormal, they would believe that they are much more than that. They believe that they're evil and that they can even be demonic. So a number of religions, legends, and belief systems describe shadowy spiritual beings or supernatural entities, and they have long been a staple of folklore or ghost stories. And um, the history of shadow people dates back as early as 600 BCE. So I, that I didn't actually know. I had no idea. And um, the Quran makes mention of pitch black sapient beings created from fire that were not purely spiritual or physical in nature. Mythology of shadow people dates back again, as I mentioned, to 600 BCE. Ancient Egyptians believed shadow people believed in shadow people and called them the Kalbut. Romans believed these people came from the underworld. And Greeks thought shadow people were literal shadows of themselves, which they gave up to Zeus as a gift. All of these cultures believed the shadow people were both part of the real world and the metaphysical world. <coughs> and from Pararational, the basic definition of shadow people is that they are a shape that is generally male in appearance. They're rare, they are aware, and react to our observing them. Typical shadow person is six to seven feet. Very often they seem to be wrapped in a cloak and or to wear a hat, or they wear a hat, <laughs> sorry. Their appearance has depth to it. And I can definitely say that in my experience that was true because it was black moving on black. So it wasn't a flat shadow. You could definitely see the definition of a figure moving in the darkness. And very rarely do they have eyes, but if they do, they're red. And shadow people are rarely reported to have spoken or tried to communicate. And they can walk through walls and they have demonic shape and demons and demeanor, sorry, <laughs> they have a demonic shape and demeanor. And what I wrote beside it was, no, not today, Satan. And anything to do with demons is something that I'm kind of hesitant to talk about just because throughout my life, I have had to deal with some demonic presences in my life, especially um, being a Christian. I believe that to a certain extent that can open you up more to certain demonic presences, especially as you are learning more about Jesus. 
you know, obviously demons and the devil, they don't want you to do that. So, yeah, if I seem to be hesitant to talk about demons, that's why. And I can go into more of a discussion about my experiences in a later episode. So, Coast to Coast AM late night radio talk show helped popularize modern beliefs in shadow people. They spoke to Native American elder Thunder Strikes. During the show, listeners were encouraged to submit shadow people they'd seen, and a large number were shared publicly. And I would draw mine, but it would look like a five-year-old drew it, so I'll just spare you all. <laughs> uh, Coast to Coast AM also spoke to Heidi Hollis, who described shadow people as dark silhouettes with human shapes and profiles that flicker in and out of peripheral vision, and claims that people have reported figures trying to jump on their chest and choke them. And what I wanted to know is just, isn't that similar to sleep paralysis? That seems to be a pretty common thing is people finding it difficult to breathe or move during sleep paralysis. And I'm no expert. So if you have experienced sleep paralysis or you know someone who has and you know a lot about it, please feel free to just let me know um, your thoughts about it. That would be so appreciated. And I'll give um, my email at the end of the podcast where you guys can contact me. And Hollis goes on to say that she believes that the figures are negative alien beings that can be repelled by various means, including invoking the name of Jesus. And I, I don't know, I just have a really hard time getting behind the alien theory, mostly because I don't believe in aliens. That isn't to say that I don't believe that there's no intelligent life outside of where we are. I just don't believe in the little green men that come and... I don't know. It's hard to really explain because I think it's the fact that I've never seen anything. Like I've never seen a UFO. I've never seen anything like that that I can't explain. And my experience with shadow people is very different than the uh, research that I did. Like when I experienced the shadow people, I didn't feel any evil or malevolence from them. They just were kind of there. So that makes me sort of wonder if I was actually experiencing shadow people or if I was just experiencing a ghost. So it's kind of hard to say. And it's funny because I just realized now the candle that I'm burning is fig leaf and sage. So hopefully that keeps some of the uh, heat away. <laughs> uh, yeah, so although many people believe them to be menacing, others cannot agree whether shadow people are evil, helpful, or neutral. My experience was definitely neutral. Um, they were there, I saw them, but they didn't react with react to me, and they didn't interact with me. And some people even speculate that shadow people may be extra-dimensional inhabitants of another universe, which again, I struggle to believe. It sounds a lot like Star Trek and the time-space continuum, which is completely over my head. And, oh, <laughs> I wrote, did I mention that this podcast will have a high dose of skepticism? There's a lot of things that I haven't experienced, and therefore I have a really hard time believing. So I hope that um, you'll just bear with me. And if you have had experiences with aliens or interdimensional beings, then by all means, please feel free to email me and let me know about your experience. I would be so happy to share it. With everybody who's listening, even if there's just one person who's listening or two people who are listening, I would really love to share it with them. So now I'm going to go on to some scientific explanations. 
definitions of shadow people and what they might be. Several physiological and psychological conditions can account for reported experiences with shadow people. Sleep paralysis sufferers may experience or perceive a shadowy or indistinct shape approaching them when they lay awake paralyzed and become increasingly alarmed. I think that's putting it mildly. Um, a person experiencing heightened emotions like while, when they're walking alone on a dark road may incorrectly perceive a patch of shadow as an attacker. And I'm one of those people that is certain that the one time I assume the shadow isn't an attacker, I will be dead. So I don't think I'm alone in that sentiment. And I feel like if you're a woman walking by yourself at night, it's almost smarter to just assume that any shadow someone could be hiding. So just bring a dog or a knife or mace something with you if you're walking down a lot of dark roads at night, ladies. And many methamphetamine addicts report the appearance of shadow people after a prolonged period of sleep deprivation. And I think, I mean, obviously methamphetamines probably have something to do with it, but I feel like sleep deprivation as a whole can provide a whole bunch of experiences that can't be explained. Hallucinations and stuff like that. And Thought Catalog wonders if they're ghosts, interdimensional beings, time travelers. People who are experiencing and studying shadow people say that these entities used to to almost always be seen out of the corner of the eye and very briefly. But more and more, people are beginning to see them straight on and for longer periods of time. And some claim to even see red eyes on the shadow beings. And there are several theories about shadow people. They're a figment of the imagination, illusions. All I can say on that is that I, myself, and I'm sure many other people know what they saw and that they weren't imagining things. And uh, ghosts, that's actually what I think I probably did see was more of a ghost, especially considering that I was right by a um, national park where indigenous Hawaiian people had lived thousands of years ago. And that was where they inhabited. So it makes sense, kind of, you know, like indigenous burial grounds is a place where oftentimes you'll hear of a lot of hauntings. So that's kind of what I'm assuming they are. Um, They could be demons or other spirit entities. If they are demons, what's the purpose of letting themselves be seen in this way? Is it merely to frighten? Astral bodies. The bodies of those having out-of-body experiences, and according to Jerry Gross, we are all, we all travel out of the body when we sleep, which I found fascinating. Um, I'm not sure if that means that we are on another plane of existence, or if we all astral travel and we just don't remember and don't realize that we're astral traveling. Um, that sort of would bring a whole different topic about dreams too, which I think is really interesting. The next. Theory is time travelers. People from the future could have found the means to travel. However, perhaps they appear to us merely as passing shadows. Interdimensional beings. Even scientists believe there are other dimensions than the three we inhabit. Now, I had no idea that we inhabited three different dimensions. (laughs) What are the three different dimensions that we inhabit? Like present, past, and future? That's that's as close as I could rank it. So, again, if you know what these three dimensions are, please, please let me know. If you think I'm a great big dum-dum, then by all means, like, 
you can inform me of such because I don't deny that I don't know very much about science. And some people just think, again, that they're just shadows. So, <clears throat> I just wrote at the top here, like, I'm again, I'm really just wondering if I saw shadow people at all or just ghosts. And I'm starting to think that it probably, again, was just ghosts. Because a lot of what they talk about, malevolent feelings or feelings of dread, like, I didn't experience that. It was a little bit creepy, but I didn't even realize that it wasn't my family at first. So the most unsettling thing to me was seeing the black moving on black more so than the shadow person because I just assumed it was my dad. I had no idea that it wasn't him until my sister told me that everybody had remained on the other side of the van. And I mean, she could have been messing with me, but I doubt it because although my dad isn't, you know, a man of many words, he would have eventually replied to me. Um, so I'm just going to go on to talk about how no one really knows their motivations. And uh, classic shadow people tend to be lurking in doorways, corners, or just watching. These shadow people just appear to be observing, and they usually flee when they're noticed. And they usually bring a sense of dread or foreboding. And these shadow people are often attached to a person and will follow them from one location to the next. So enjoy. All that. <laughs> that does not sound like a good idea or a good time at all. Or a good idea, I guess. I don't really know. I'm tired. I'm sorry, you guys. <laughs> Dangerous or aggressive shadow people. Even if a shadow person is not initially hostile, it might be a trap. And visitors and transient shadow people, they seem to be less interested in what we're doing, but instead have their own agenda. They go from one place to the next, not particularly interested in the goings-on of those who observe them, and these are the least understood. Shadow figures as omens. Some sightings of shadow people appear to be omens or potents of something bad happening. Much like seeing a hellhound. And haunting shadow figures. The last main class of shadow figures are those tied to a location and seem to haunt only that area. Several types of shadow people make up this large group and their motivations vary considerably. But in general, those that haunt a location tend to be more malevolent and dangerous to encounter. They are less likely to flee when spotted and choose to attack instead. Which is why I'm thinking that I saw ghosts. Because... They didn't flee, but they definitely didn't attack. They just were kind of there. So malevolent shadow people. The least malevolent of this class are simply spirits that are negative in nature. At the extreme are the worst of the shadow people, demonic shadow creatures. What they want is usually to express their emotions on us. For weaker ones, that could be scratches and sick feelings, and stronger entities are capable of full-on possessions, throwing objects, or shoving people. And I just wrote a few ways to get rid of shadow people and one is invoking the name of Jesus, which I think would be especially apparent, like appropriate, excuse me, if they are demonic. And um, Hollis says that the light is too strong and that they will flee. And you can say protective prayers. A super powerful one is the Archangel Michael prayer of protection. Be very vocal, yell out to them, demand that they leave, laugh out loud, put on loud music. Huge sage and fully sage your house and all family members or a banishing ritual. Yeah, so that's pretty much all of the information that I found about um, shadow people. And so 
if you guys have any stories about shadow people, I think that I, I mean, I know that I would be really interested in listening to them myself, um, just because I find all of that stuff really fascinating. And I'm definitely not the type to sort of brush things off just because I don't believe in them. I mean, I'm more than willing to accept somebody's experience as their own experience. Because just because I didn't experience it doesn't mean that it didn't happen to somebody. So I just want you to feel comfortable sending me your stories. So if you do have any stories or um, experiences with... Um, shadow people that you are willing to share with me um, you can email me at somnophobia the podcast at gmail.com s-o-m-n-i-t-h-o-b-i-a podcast at gmail.com yeah so that would be really great to hear from you guys um even if you haven't had an experience, but you believe in shadow people and you have different theories about them, please send them to me. I love, love, love to share with everyone. And now what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be sharing a little uh, segment just about certain things that I really have a hard time believing. And what I'm going to be talking about today is elemental. So, universally, the elemental is a type of magical entity who personifies a force of nature and controls natural powers derived from their element. So, um, these kinds of elementals are, uh, let's see, from on times, elements, Elementals and the Elemental Kingdom contain such creatures as fairies, goblins, gnomes, elves, leprechauns, tree people, brownies, undines, mermaids, and sylphs. They are known as elementals because they are made up of the ethers and are ethereal and therefore invisible to most of us. So don't get me wrong, like I love, love fairy tales. I love um, reading about them is actually one of my favorite authors is Holly Black. I really enjoy um, her novels about fairies. So yeah, I mean, I enjoy them. I'm just not sure about whether or not I believe that they actually exist in our world. Although it does say that they're invisible to most of us. So then again, what do I know? So the task of elementals in the elemental kingdom to look after nature kingdoms. Elementals or earth spirits live among plants and animals. They are responsible for the therapeutic effects you feel when outdoors amongst nature, at the beach and sea, at lakes and rivers, in parks and nature reserves, natural parks and bushland. Elemental spirits possess supernatural powers and are usually invisible to humans, living amongst the trees, rivers, plants, swamps and mountains. They attach themselves to practically every natural thing. Earthly elementals are the metaphysical, 
They are the cause of earthquakes, floods, gales, thunderstorms, and wildfires. More importantly, earthly elementals are responsible for creating, sustaining, and renewing life on Earth. Elementals particularly do not like other busy and lower vibrations of the inner city life. They tend to stay away. Notice when you're in a busy city, you feel the energy and vibrations are lower and how everything seems accelerated. It does not, feeling re does not feel relaxing or stress-free. But when you're in the country, you will notice the energy has a high vibration. It feels comforting, relaxing, quiet, and serene. This is where the elementals dwell, spend their time in protecting and loving Mother Earth. So, that's just a little bit about elementals there. Elemental hauntings. This is from Pacific Paranormal Investigations. Let that load for a second. Um... Currently, paranormal investigators use two main classifications of hauntings, intellectual haunting and residual hauntings. This paper will be an overview of the elemental, a class of non-human being haunting in an attempt to clarify that classification. So, intelligent hauntings, whereby the spirit or spirits involved interact with the direct, uh, sorry, interact with direct responses to the investigators. Within the category of intelligent hauntings, we have a human spirit, elemental hauntings, or poltergeist hauntings. And elementals, a brief history. All, eleven, all ele elementals and evidence is confusing me. I'm so sorry. All evidence and descriptions in this paper are from anecdotal evidence only. The existence of elemental beings has not been proven in a laboratorial setting. That would be really fascinating <laughs> if it had have been. Uh, the Greeks called all otherworldly beings daemons or diamonds. Daemons include guardian spirits, and that's daemons with D-A-E-M-O-N. So not demons, but daemons. I think that's how you pronounce it. Daemons include guardian spirits, helpful spirits, spirits of the four elements, earth, air, fire, water, and spirits of a place. Spiritus loci, muses and non-corporal teachers such as the inner teacher of Socrates were also considered daemons. It was Paracelsus who solidified the idea of pure elementals, living forces behind the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. It should also be noted that with the advent of the Judeo-Christian worldview, the daemon in all its forms became demon. So I was wrong. It is a demon. Thanks, Judeo-Christian worldview. I don't think fairies or other such creatures are demons, especially since I don't really believe in them at all. But I know that my experience, I don't know, hard because once you start claiming, I guess, with Judeo-Christianity, anything that's not um, from heaven would be considered a demon. So it does make a certain amount of sense. It just kind of feels like it's sort of, throwing everybody under the bus and sort of lumping everything with demons when those of us who have experienced demons have experienced something that's a lot more terrifying than a fairy. Although I'm sure some people who have and I believe in elementals would say that some fairies are equally as terrifying, if not more so than demons. So I think it's just kind of personal experience and what you believe. So, Paracelsus. Wow, Philippus Ariolus 
Theoprastus Bombastus von Hohenheim, 1493-1541 of the Common Era, was a physician, philosopher, and alchemist. He classified nature spirits according to the elements they were composed of. This is the system our own culture has adopted for classifying elementals. So I'm just going to give a brief, brief um, description. So, earth elementals, gnomes, have power over rocks, flowers, trees, and minerals. They are traditionally guardians of human, of hidden treasure. And they also include tree and forest sprites, satyrs, pans, dryads, elves, brownies, and little men of the woods. They can be helpful or harmful. Water elementals are undines. They have power over water, including streams, rivers, marshes, ponds, waterfalls, oceans, and fountains. They are associated with rain, mist, and fog, and other beings classified as undines include water sprites and mermaids. They can appear as human beings as well as small creatures. They are emotional, love beauty, and are fond of humans. It is said that angering them can cause illness. So, fire elementals, salamanders. They have power over flame and smoke. They do not directly communicate with humans. They can be placated with incense. They appear as little balls of light, fireballs, or tongues of fire. Air elementals are sylphs. They have power over clouds, snow, gases, and winds. They prefer mountaintops. They also reside in the air around us. It is the sylphs that are the origin of the story of the gossamer-winged fairies. The elementals of air are also associated with muses, genius, and inspiration. The inspired poets and musicians are said to be blessed or cursed by the sylphs. They are mirthful, changeable, and eccentric. And angels have occasionally been suggested to be elementals of some in some paranormal literature. The lore of angels clearly has them lording over elementals. An angel nature is one of pure spirit and not of combined material elements. They often appear as an energy created with a specific intent. Once the purpose or intent is fulfilled, the angel disappears. So that's some just a little bit about the um, elementals. So thank you so, so much to Deborah Page at PacificParanormal.com or PPI, which is Pacific Paranormal Investigations. Um, all credit goes to her and her well-thought-out uh, paper. I take no credit whatsoever for um, any of the information. I just wrote it out in a way that made it um, more easy for me to read than just reading it off the page. But yeah, like I said, uh, I claim no ownership over anything because there are wonderful people out there who have done all the research and I just bring it to you guys. So thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the first episode. I apologize for the sound quality or if it was a little bit rough. Um, I hope that you'll forgive me and that you'll tune in and um, enjoy and have a good night.